Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Women of Golf Show. I'm Ted Odorico, and right alongside is, of course, none other than Legends Tour player and LPGA professional Cindy Miller, and we are the hosts of the Women of Golf Show. Good morning, Cindy. Good morning, Ted. How are you doing this morning? I, I'm assuming you had a great Thanksgiving, as I did. I did. I love a apple pie with crumblies on top. <laughs> yeah. I. <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. Where? Where's mine? How come I didn't get a piece of that? Uh, we hope that every yeah all right well yeah uh, FedEx same day delivery I, I'd love that um, don't just don't add the ice cream I'll get my own because it'll melt by the time it gets here um, anyways welcome to the show everybody we're, we're glad that you can join us this morning here on the women of golf uh, as always uh, Cindy I'll just uh, give the quick announcements and then we'll, we'll get right into some discussion um, don't forget to join us on blogtalkradio.com go there uh, every morning, and you can catch some of the archive versions as well. But uh, join us Tuesday mornings from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern uh, Standard Time at blogtalkradio.com. Type Women of Golf in the search key, and that will take you to the, to the uh, current show. Or you can certainly follow Sydney uh, Rye on all kinds of uh, social media platforms from Facebook, LinkedIn, and, of course, Twitter uh, and many others. And you can get uh, some updates on the show from there. But uh, go to blogtalkradio.com, type in Women of Golf, and that will take you to the show. And, and as I said, if you can't join us live, just scroll down once you get the page. And our on-demand section there of all the previously aired shows uh, will be right front and center. So make sure you join us there. Or uh, for those of you that like to use iTunes, you can go to iTunes.com, do the same thing. Just type in uh, under the podcast section, type in Women of Golf, and uh, that will take you there uh, uh, through the iTunes link as well. Uh, Always love to hear from you. Look forward to getting feedback from you. You're welcome to call into the show. We'd love to hear from you that uh, way as well. Uh, call in 347-945-5855 is the number to call. Or you can reach out to Cindy and I personally with uh, any comments or questions about the uh, or uh, topic suggestions as well. Uh, you can reach Cindy at Cindy at CindyMillerGolf.com or you can reach me at Ted.GolfTalkLive at gmail.com. And also, if you're in the golf industry, whether you're a teach professional or a player uh, or uh, some other um, part of the, the business and you're interested maybe coming on and sharing some of your ideas with our listeners, and maybe you feel you've got a good product or something to share as well, uh, again, you can reach out to Cindy or I at, at either of those emails, and uh, we'll be more than happy to uh, connect you with the show as well. So we look forward to, uh, to hearing from you guys as well. Got a great show this morning, Cindy. We're going to start off with a, a discussion on tips for both on and off the season, and then a little bit later on, a uh, gentleman that you're familiar with, and I'm going to be meeting for the first time here, is Brennan Sweeney. He's the Director of Golf Media Relations and Player Development at French Lick Resort, which you've mentioned a number of times because there's uh, been a number of events there, including some of the Legends Tour events. And, well, we'll talk a little bit about that when Brennan joins us later in the show. But, Cindy, let's start off first. Um, we've talked about the last few weeks a great offer that you have for our listeners out there. So why don't you go ahead and, and extend that offer uh, again? 
Yes, I've created what we call the Learn to Hit It Kit. And it was born out of a corporate event that I was doing where there were a bunch of women who know that they need to learn to play golf. And they were a little skeptical and didn't really want to have to hire a babysitter after a long day at the office and go to a driving range where they were unfamiliar and feel uncomfortable. So they said, well, why don't you just sell us a mat and some balls, wiffle balls and a club and teach us how to play in our backyard? And I thought, what a great idea. So I found uh, a portable mat and some foam balls, and I wrote a book called Golf 101. And Callaway Golf has agreed to give people a, a discount on purchasing one club um, and I created an online course called the Learn to Hit It Kit, you know, online course to teach people how to hit a clean, airborne, and straight on purpose. And it's $99.99, so it's 100 bucks, less than some one-hour lessons, and you can yep. buy it online at learntohititkit.com. Well said. And uh, you can also go to CindyMillerGolf.com and, and learn more about it there as well. So make sure you do it. Uh, what, a, what a great uh, you know, idea. And, and what's really nice about that, Cindy, is not just um, that it's, it's priced very well. Uh, as you said, most one-hour lessons uh, you can't get for that much or, or certainly around that much. Um, and you have the opportunity to be able to, to do it online and take your time and, and study it and uh, practice some of the, the, the methods and the teachings that you have in this online course. Um, for $99 plus you get a, a, a club that you can use as well and, and a mat and some some uh, practice balls and uh, you can just really work on your game what a great idea yeah, you and can use your, of- your iPad or your phone and you can watch the video lessons there's 10 modules and uh, 10 video lessons and there's eight downloadable PDF resources for you to use and even if you're a, a seasoned golfer and you're not sure what you're doing, you're still going to learn to hit it clean, airborne, and straight on purpose. Well, and, and, and you know what, Cindy? The other thing, too, is, again, whether you're a seasoned uh, golfer or not, it's always good to refresh your memory on some of the things that you know, we sometimes take for granted. As, as time goes on, we forget some of the basics and some of the, the, the general concepts that we need to, to be focused on. So it, it, if nothing else, it's a great refresher course for some of those players that maybe are a little more advanced in their play. So great. And I like the fact that you know, people that you've worked with uh, reached out to you and helped you put this together by, by telling you, hey, this is what we would love. We would love if you could do something like this, and you went out and did it. So uh, I know it'll be very successful. And it's a great opportunity for those of you with Christmas, literally just uh, a hop, skip, and a jump away. This is a great uh, gift for that golfer in your family. So uh, make sure that you well, uh, go to learn to hit it. Sorry, go ahead. I just wanted to mention also that if you want just the course, and you don't need the mat and the balls, you can do that as well. Email me at cindy at cindymillergolf.com. It's $49 for the online course. Perfect. And so you have, you have no excuse at this point if you're listening to the show this morning uh, about learning this great game. One of the things, and we're going to talk about this, um, I'm going to add a, a point to our discussion this morning, something that I was watching on TV uh, literally this morning, and I wanted to mention this goes to uh, really, I think what a lot of people um, lack in being able to improve, and it's not a skill or it's not uh, you know, learning how to hit and things like that. It's a lack of desire. And, and I'm going to explain that, Cindy, and then I want to get you to, to chime in on this. You know, 
we always make excuses, you know, well, I, I can't get out to the, to the practice tee or I, I just can't play enough because I got so many other things. The truth of the matter is if you have the desire to become a better player, whether you're looking to advance, uh, you know, at the tour level or you just want to go out and have some fun, if you have the desire um, to be better and to become better, you're going to find time. And I think that this is what a lot of people lack is they lack that desire that they make too many excuses for why they don't get out and practice and work on their game. And we all know we're busy and we've got other uh, things in our lives. But uh, again, if you want to become a better player, I think you have to uh, tap in and and create that desire to want to get out there and, and work on it. Do you agree with that, Cindy, a little bit? Yeah. And that starts with knowing your why, you know, why are you playing? And, and, Again, the Learn to Hit a Kit was created because people know they need to be able to network on the golf course and play golf in, in a business setting. And it's like an added toothache that they don't need. You know, like, oh, I don't want to look stupid. I don't want to do this. And, and so I'm trying to make it as painless as possible. But a lot mm-hmm. of people play this game just to go outside and and feel the fresh air and breathe it in or to hang out with family or, you know, just for fun. So you got to know why you're doing this. Not everybody wants to be a tour player. Yep. And, and something else, Cindy, I want to touch on, because you mentioned before we went on air, um, you know, as we said at the beginning of the program, I said, we would love to get your feedback and you had some great feedback. And I think you should share that with the audience because obviously we want them to know that we do listen to, to what they have to say. And if they want to, you know, want to hear more of something on the show, we're going to certainly do our best to comply with that. So just maybe share just a little bit of that story, uh, some feedback that you got about last week's show. Yes. One of our, um, now my friend and student from Seattle or Oregon, Oregon, uh, Laura Lee, don't get mad at me that I used your name, but she she emailed me and she said, I just want you to know that um, I listened to the show last week and I really appreciate you saying that people learn in a variety of different ways. And so it's very important when you give a lesson that you find out the language of your student. And, and the lesson has to be student-based, which I know the LPGA right. is adamant about pounding into us when we – get certified that it's not about you it's about the student and so she was very adamant that you know you when I was helping her online which she purchased Mm -hmm. the own your game academy last year and we talked on the phone and then we did some Skype stuff and uh, I said well take this assessment to find out whether you're audio visual or kinesthetic because if I don't know what you are I can't teach you in in your language so if someone's visual you have to give them a visual cue or you would videotape them or you would show them your swing. If someone's auditory, you might make their instruction into a mantra, if you will, you know, hang from the hips, crack the knees back with the left, slap at the right, you know, something like that. And then (laughs) um, if you are kinesthetic, you might say, I want you to feel the club rest on your left thumb uh, at the top of the backswing, if you're right-handed. So, again, it's very important that you know what you are, that your instructor wants to seek what you are, and they speak in the, your language. And she was just, she sent me an email, and she said, oh, wow, that was awesome. Thank you for saying that. So I just wanted to share it. Right. 
Well, thank you uh, again, Lorelai, for for reaching out to Cindy and and sharing um, you know your thoughts uh, on on the show, and we appreciate the compliment as well. Um, we try to you know we try to have uh, a, you know discussions each week, um, both with and without guests, um, to to really help you. That's what we're here for. This is the, really the whole purpose of the show. It's not. Uh, you know, just a, an entertainment factor. It's also, we want you to get something out of it. So we're grateful that obviously people do. We know people are a little shy and sometimes they don't always communicate that. So uh, we, again, I can't emphasize enough. We want you, we strongly encourage you to reach out to us. And I'll very quickly, Cindy, I'll, I'll read out the emails again so people have them. Uh, mine is ted.golftalklive at gmail.com and yours is cindy at cindymillergolf.com. If you're tuning into the show, um, Feel free to send us, a, shoot us an email, and let us know your thoughts on the program. Get involved with the program. This is really about you and, and how we can help you uh, become a better player and hopefully a better person. And uh, we want you to get out there and have fun. Of course, that's ultimately the goal: is to get out there and have fun on the golf course. Um, Cindy, we're going to start into a little bit of our discussion uh, this morning on uh, some tips for both on and off season. And the first one I want to talk about is really not specifically it's any time really but obviously in season you're going to be on the golf course and uh, somebody had asked me this question before and I'm sure you've heard it many times as well through your teaching is how do I get rid of nerves on the golf course um, is it a good thing to have some nerve and uh, or is it a bad thing and, and what are some things that we can do to help make it so we're not so jittery out there in the golf course what are, what are some of your thoughts Cindy well I would say define nerves so I'm going to ask you, what do you mean by nerves? Well, I think a lot of people, you know, I'll give you an example. You know, we get up on the first tee and we're nervous because we know there's there's probably going to be a handful of people watching us. Um, you know, so we kind of get a little twitchy and we're, we're not really relaxed and we're not really focused at the task at hand. So how do we sort of refocus our, our efforts and, and get into the game and not worry about the distractions around us? Because that tends to, to cause uh, our nerves to get a little bit shaky. Well, so I would say you just kind of answered your question because they're not focused on the task <laughs> at hand. They're worried about something in the future of, oh, my God, I don't want to hit it in the water or I don't want to look stupid. Or So, again, I believe that you need to practice in the off season, work on your game so that you know what your swing cues are. You have to think of something while you're swinging or you have to visualize something, or you have to try to feel something, or you have to sing a mantra of the audiovisual kinesthetic. But if you don't know what you're doing when you're swinging, then it is up for chance. And when it's up for chance, the nerves are going to win because you don't know what you're doing. So if you work on your game in the off season and you know, you know, okay, I'm just going to stand over it, and I picture myself. Uh, not moving off of a spike and I'm going to swing, hinge, kill. And, you know, whatever your right brain thought is or your visual or, again, you know, your feel, you need to know what you're doing when you're hitting the shot. And it might be just a sensation, but if you don't know what that is, you're going to be worried about the outcome and then you're not focused yeah. on the task. Right. What were some of your uh... – you as a player, Cindy, let's forget about the, the coaching and teaching side of it for a second, but you as a player, when you got there, what were some of your mental game triggers that helped switch, switched you, if you will, uh, your focus from uh, on and off, uh, you know, between relaxation and focus? So when you got to the, to the course, of course, you're, you know, you're mentally preparing yourself for the game, but what, 
what were some of the mental game triggers that you used um, to get yourself in focus uh, for the task at hand? Well, I think you need to be aware. For me, I had to shift states. So, mm-hmm. you know, I can be sitting here talking to you. Hi, what are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. Oh, it's a pretty day. What ball are you playing? And then it's time to swing. So I've already said, okay, on this hole, this is where I want to hit my drive. You have a game plan, needless to say. And when you right. have this game plan, you know where you want to hit the ball, and you need to know what your pre-shot routine is, and you're walking up to the shot. And the last thing I do is almost, you know, surrender and swing, hinge, kill, or whatever your swing thought is, and you kind of got to go mm-hmm. stupid. So you have to be able to balance left brain and right brain because you play golf with your right brain, but you need your left brain to think about where you're going. So right. it's it's difficult, but you need to be aware of that so that you can shift states and, you know, hit the ball where you want it to go. Right. And I think a lot of, another thing too, that, that a lot of people, especially uh, high handicappers and, and many of our amateurs out there, um, you know, whether they're a visual or, or more of a feel type uh, player tend to get too technical. They're, they're thinking, you know, when they get up there on the first tee or wherever it is that they're, uh, they're playing uh, whatever part of the, the course, they start thinking too much of the mechanical aspects of the swing. You know, am I, am I getting it into the right slot? Am I, you know, am I doing all this? And they get too many thoughts and tension starts to creep in. And that, uh, again, tends to get you out of control. And, and those nerves start to, you know, even over a putt, you know, you start thinking about, you know, is the stroke sound and, you know, am I taking it back too far? And you get all these thoughts in your head. Um, what did you do besides some of the things you've just mentioned to calm yourself down when you felt yourself going in that direction, what did you do to try and say, okay, Cindy, I don't want to, I don't need to be going there. I need to be focusing on um, whatever it is that you wanted to focus on. How did you sort of stop the, stop the train wreck? Well, number one, you have to be aware of the chatter and most people are not aware of the chatter. So when the little subconscious mind, Oh my God, look out, be careful. It's like, shut up. So you have to be aware that the chatter is happening, right? And then, um, well, that's what happens in my head. (laughs) If you become aware, then you have to say, this is ridiculous. This is doubt and fear and apprehension trying to take over, and I'm not going to listen. And then you have to take control of your thoughts. So your brain can only think one thing at a time. Um, but you need to be aware of what it's doing and thinking, and then you need to be in control. Like, I'm driving this bus, buddy. You're not. So go away. I don't know who you are. And so, right. again, you know, we have a little joke here that Cindy is fun to play with and Cynthia <clears throat> is a witch. <laughs> you know, so who's talking? <laughs> What's right. your voice? In fact, you know, uh, Lynn Marriott and Pia Nelson, you know, name that left brain idiot. And the right. golf psych people and, all say the same thing. Who is that person? Oh, they're not my friend, you know. Right, <laughs> exactly. And, and you know, the bus driver analogy is a good one, Cindy, because that's true. You know, a lot of times we're, you know, driving down the highway and we're in control. And then suddenly, you know, somebody maybe in the back of the bus comes up and decides they want to take over. And they grab the wheel and just start, you know, going back and forth. And next thing you know, you're crossing lanes and you're all over the place. And you need to take control, you know, and, and it's true. I mean, I know it seems like a silly analogy, but that's exactly what happens. And it does that out in the golf course. You know, how many times, it, Cindy, have you played with amateurs and, you know, two or three holes, everything seems to get together. And suddenly they come up to a hole 
um, you know, with potential trouble. Maybe there's, you know, they're a par three that have to hit over water. And all of a sudden you're like, well, where was the person that was just playing those last three holes that just hit some phenomenal shots and, you know, maybe parred and, and even birdied one of the holes. All of a sudden now, you know, they're shaking like a leaf on the tee box. Um, you know, you've got to be thinking to yourself as a professional, what's happening in this person's mind, correct? Well, yeah, you are. And they're not aware. They know that something's rotten in Denmark, but they don't know what or why or how to change it. So you can see it on TV with players coming down the stretch. You know, there's just a little bit of doubt, and they back off of it just a little bit. I mean, we've all witnessed it. So, um, number one, it's awareness. And then number two, you need to realize, you know, again, it all depends on who you are. Are you a, uh, Is your behavior style a D, I, S, or C? And are you audiovisual or kinesthetic? And how are you going to stop the gerbil? And you have right. to say, okay, that's enough. This is not going to help me. You know, sometimes you sit and listen to the gerbil because you think, oh, this is good advice. No, it's not. This guy's scaring <laughs> you to death. <laughs> right. And, and, you know, we've all, regar- right, exactly. And, and regardless of what level you're at, Cindy, you know, we all fall into that trap. You know, our, our inner demon, if you will, gets into our head and we're out in the golf course. And, and like I said, you know, maybe we're playing a few holes uh, very well. And then all of a sudden we're faced with some sort of adversity, whether it's a, a challenging hole or a hole that doesn't maybe fit our eye. And suddenly the wheels come off the bus and we're, you know, it, it becomes chaotic. Um, let me just write, read out a, a couple of things too, uh, five things that you can do to prepare for preseason. So for those of you that are maybe coming into the winter months now, that aren't going to have an opportunity to get out and play uh, some of the great courses there up in the Northeast. Here's some things that you can do to prepare for, for next season when uh, things warm up a little bit. Um, physical fitness, um, you know, start some sort of a, a fitness routine if you're already in one. And for guys particularly, um, it's not about bulking up. Uh, you know, lifting a bunch of heavy weights and things like that is not conducive for a good golf game. Lots of stretching, uh, you know, lots of other things. And, and I suggest that you get in touch with some of the great um, certified fitness instructors, particularly those in the golf industry. And there's many, many of them out there. Uh, connect with one of them out there and uh, get some great ideas and tips with them. Work with one of them if you can uh, to show you some specific exercise that will help your golf game. Uh, mentally prepare what we just talked about, some of the things that you can do to get your mind uh, prepared as well for, for next season. And uh, for those of you, uh, Thanksgiving's over. Uh, put away the turkey and the stuffing and all that and start a healthy diet. And that doesn't mean you know, uh, carrots and peas and, and uh, a diet of lettuce and nothing else. Uh, but eat smart. Make sure that you're balancing out your carbs with your proteins and things like that. And again, there's there's plenty of good advice that you can get through some uh, good nutritionists, uh, both online and and maybe in your area. And uh, you know, connect with somebody there that can help you. Um, you can also practice indoors, Cindy. I know that you're getting ready to uh, uh, launch a a dome up there, and that may have already done so. I've been seeing some of the comments about that on on uh, social media uh so there's no excuse for those of you in the northeast there's usually some good facilities close by that you can use to get in there and work on your game throughout the off season and uh and create and reaffirm a good pre-shot routine visualize the course that you want to play the holes that you're going to play and plan a strategy in other words access your mental game those are some things that you need to do um to uh help prepare uh, for preseason, for those of you, as I said, going into winter months. Uh, anything I forgot? Anything else that we need to add there? No, I think you're doing great. Um, thank you. And 
the other thing is even during the season, Cindy's talked about some of those, again, create some good practice sessions, practice with a purpose. Cindy, how many times have we seen people, you know, and we joke about this sometimes that, you know, raking the balls over and just hitting ball after ball without really putting any thought or creativity into their practice sessions. I'm sure you see this all the time, right? Absolutely. Well, you can and, stop and, and say, what do I want? Where am I going? And make a plan. Right. And, and you know, the thing is, Cindy, it, it's okay to for, you know, maybe to hit five warm-up shots like that just to, to get the muscles going and, and, and loosened up. It's okay to do that for a few shots. But then you've got to start, you know, getting a game plan, as I mentioned earlier. You know, practice, visualize, you know, if you're playing, you know, we've got Brendan coming up here in just a few moments. You know, he's got a great course up there at French Lick. Um, you know, you're not just you're not going to be able to play that course well if you're just raking balls and hitting them on the practice tee. You got to visualize, uh, you know, the, the shots that you're going to be potentially faced with out there. There's lots of undulation on the course, and uh, the greens, uh, you know, are, are good, but uh, maybe fast in areas. And Cindy, you've played that, so you can attest to the challenges on French Lick. Um, so you got to visualize the course that you're going to be playing. And if you've never played there, talk to the pro in the shop. Say, what are some of the things that I need to be working on? Uh, that I can go and practice here before I get out my round, and, and uh, what are some of the areas, the trouble areas that I need to guard against? So, you know, prepare yourself before you go out there. And obviously, Cindy, you know, postseason, uh, again, review. I, I watched a great thing very quickly, and then uh, I see Brennan uh, looks like he's ready here, so I want to bring him on in a few moments. Um, but I watched, uh, uh, God, his name slips me now, uh, the golf fix last night on, uh, on the Braid. golf channel. Michael, Michael thank you. Uh, Michael Breed, and you know he talked about that very thing about sort of assessing your season, and he, and he gave a great example. He talked about you know people hitting uh, you know in around maybe five bogeys. Well, focus on that. Say, okay, I hit, I made five bogeys uh, or double bogeys or whatever the case may be in this round. Rather than trying to say, okay, I don't want to hit any bogeys or double bogeys, try to wean it down to just three. So focus on that. What can I do differently? to reduce the number of bogeys and double bogeys. And I thought it was a great So assess, go over your rounds through the year. Some of them might be real bad, but that's okay. You can learn from that. And Cindy, you know, you've played, I'm sure, uh, some rounds that were less than stellar. And obviously those are the rounds that you learn most from than the better rounds, correct? Absolutely. Especially and, if you're willing to look something. in the mirror. You have to stop and say, okay, what's wrong with me? And most times, it's got nothing to do with your golf swing. It's got everything to do with your head. So, Right. It, it, exactly. And that, again, goes to the mental side. You know, Nicholas talked often about that, about the mental side of the game being really the nemesis for most golfers. Uh, it's not the physical game. Yet, everybody seems to focus and practice on the physical side of the game. Everybody's out there trying to get the perfect swing and hit everything just, you know, all the shots just perfect out there. But they're not really thinking their way around the golf course. And and again, no criticism to Jack. He certainly was not the best ball striker. He was certainly a good ball striker, and he hit some great shots. But he was not the best ball striker out on tour. But mentally, uh, and again, you can argue uh, others in that, but I, I truly believe that Jack Nicholas was, if not the greatest, one of the greatest uh, mental game uh, players that has lived to this far. Uh, certainly Tiger is up there and there's some great ladies out there as well that are, are great at thinking their way around the golf course. So um, that's something that I think that people also need to, to understand. And when they're working with somebody like yourself, Cindy, um, don't just worry about the mechanics work, you know, work on the, the mental side of the game as well. Correct. Absolutely. All right. Absolutely. Let's bring our special. 
yeah, let's bring our special guest, uh, Brennan Sweeney, out. He is the Director of Golf Media Relations and Player Development up at uh, French Lick Resort in Indiana. And uh, Brennan's been playing golf uh, since the ripe old age of 11 years old when he started as a caddy at Medina, uh, just outside of uh, Chicago. Uh, he had the pleasure of uh, caddying through high school and college. And uh, he, he says the pinnacle of that experience was caddying in the 1983 Western uh, Open at Medina and also gave him an opportunity to work at the uh, 1988 Senior U.S. Open and the 1990 U.S. Open. And in the early 1990s, he also worked uh, in the film and television industry in Chicago. Uh, then in 96, uh, he relocated to Orlando, Florida, where he worked uh, for part of the Universal Studios handling video production, uh, sales and marketing, where he uh, sort of honed and developed uh, some of his business relationships with the Golf Channel, PGA of America, uh, both the PGA and LPGA tours, and, of course, the USGA. And in 2009, uh, the French Lake Resort, of course, was honored to have him join them. And uh, since then, they've they've hosted uh, 25 golf champions and, and still going strong, uh, representing many different golf organizations. And also, uh, he came with the goal of developing a resort as a premier golf destination and using a lot of the strengths and his public rela- uh, relations uh, strategies that he's learned over the years. Uh, he's helped to deliver that that goal, uh, I think, in in, uh, in great form. So, without further hesitation, uh, Cindy, let's bring on our very special guest this morning, Brendan Sweeney. Welcome, Brendan. Hey, Cindy Miller, how are you? <laughs> I'm good, honey. So, give me the new announcement because I could I didn't see it. Tell me what happened today on the Golf Channel. No, it didn't happen yet. It got moved back in Golf Channel fashion. So. <laughs> Um, We're going to a meeting. Uh, Don't worry, you'll be the first to know. But uh, you know our goal. Hey, Ted, thanks for the intro. Did my mom write that? It sounded great. No. It's killing me. It's Christmas morning, and you're not letting me open my presents. Well, I tell you what, it's going to be a big present. (laughs) So. Right, yeah. We got to hold off a little bit, but I tell you what, it's uh, it's, it's it's great. Everything in French Lake, you know, you know, tongue in cheek, we're making golf great again. Uh, but you sure we're, are. We're having fun doing it, and and with our relationship with the LPGA Legends, it's just going to get better and stronger and funner. And and uh, you know what, French Lake's been around since 1845. Uh, we've had a we've had a great relationship with the PGA of America. We hosted. 24 PGA Championship, which Walter Hagen won, and and through the 50s and 60s, you know, two LPGA Legend Championships, uh, uh, and then you know the, the the resort went down to do a little downturn, and and uh, the Cook Group out of Bloomington, Indiana, did a 600 million dollar renovation, and I have the the great pleasure of blowing the horn for some great people on a great property in the Midwest. So uh, with that being said, good morning, guys. Thanks for the great introduction. Good. Well, good morning, and, and Brendan, welcome. Uh, thank you for, for joining us, and thank you for, for bringing some excitement and enthusiasm, and I, I wish you could share uh, the secret, but you have a, uh, I'm sure Cindy will attest, you have an invitation to come back on the show and, and share when that secret is is, uh, is going to be revealed uh, once, it's, uh, once it's out. So um, we don't care if you just got to... We have a big <laughs> bottle, ahead. and we're rubbing it, and a big genie is going to come out any minute now. <laughs> but we can't tell you what, what? it is. So, let me let me. It's all right. Let, it's okay. Let I me just say, yeah. 
Well, I, and I, I, we, we share in your enthusiasm and your excitement, Brendan. And again, thank you for joining us this morning on the Women of Golf Show. Let me just, uh, maybe you can just expand just a little bit, if you don't mind, on some of the history of French Lick uh, from its beginning and, and how, you know, the folks in that area have, have sort of uh, embraced it. And then I know you've already mentioned uh, that the Cook family, uh, you know, helped to, to foster with a very large uh, renovation of the property. You can maybe touch a little bit more on some of the things that some of the changes that they've made. But talk a little bit more about the history. I, now I've seen a documentary that was put out uh, about the history, so I know a little bit about it. But uh, but why don't you share with the audience a little bit about the history of it, and then what some of the renovations that have happened over the last several years? I mean, going back to the to the absolute grassroots of French Lake. Um, it was originally, you know, people are thinking of the name. How the heck did you come up with French Lick? And uh, you know, back, you know, back in the Stone Age and, and whatnot, uh, all the glacial deposits, you know, pushed down all the all the rocks and minerals down to southern Indiana. So the top part of Indiana is nice and flat, you know, Lafayette, you know, uh, uh, Indianapolis, Bloomington. Uh, and for years and years and years, these buffalo would, would would walk from Lake Ontario down to where these mountainous areas are in southern Indiana, and they'd be licking the salt lick. Fast forward a couple thousand years, the French landed in Lake Ontario, and they found this trail called the Buffalo Trace where the buffalo used to run. And there you go. The buffalo were licking rocks, and the French found it, so it's French lick. So in 1845, when the, when the French really settled in there, they started a trading post, and, uh, and a hospital formed, and, and they started uh, you know, mining uh, uh, lumber down there, and railroads came through town, and the hotel popped up. Uh, turn, fast forward another 50 years, you know, you turn of the century, uh, a fire happened. They started rebuilding the French Lick Hotel, and then a mile away, uh, a fellow by the name of Sinclair built the West Baden Springs Hotel. So you have two massive properties uh, located in a railroad town in southern Indiana. And that grew over the years, you know, in the gambling and entertainment and, and whatnot. And in 1901, in 1907 and 1917, uh, we had three championship golf courses, two by Tom Vandalo and one by Donald Ross. Uh, and we just followed that history through. In 24, the PGA Championship came, and, and then stars and entertainers. The Roaring Twenties happened, and uh, when the when the turn when the uh, the stock market crashed in 29, the West Baden Springs Hotel went belly up almost overnight. Uh, so that fell into demise, and the, the Jesuits moved in there, and they were there for 50 years. And then it just became the West Baden Springs Hotel just became such a burden on them, they gave it up. It became a college. Uh, French Lick was struggling along. Um, the, the railroad sort of slowed down. Uh, there was a lot of industry. Kimball Piano Factory was in town, uh, employed like 1,200 people. And in the 70s, you know, Larry Bird was coming around. Uh, so that was a bright shining star, but the industry of the town sort of fell apart. So you had one abandoned hotel uh, that happened in the mid '80s, the West Bay Springs Hotel, and then in the the French Lick Hotel sort of fell apart, and uh, you know, people just sort of moved away. Uh, fast forward again. Right. I'm sorry if I'm giving the, the abridged version, but in 1996, no, Bill, Cook, Bill Cook had the uh, vision with the Cook Group out of Bloomington, <laughs> Indiana to try to restore the West Baden Springs Hotel and took it on as a historic uh, uh, renovation. Uh, he got $30 million into it, and then, you know, they put the hook into him and said, hey, can you finish this job off? And he said, uh, yeah, i tell you what we'll do. We'll, we'll make this town back into an industry. 
So uh, in, in the mid-90s, early 2000s, we had 216 employees. Uh, Mr. Cook decided to keep those people on the payroll during the renovation. And uh, we just dug in, rolled up the sleeves, and now we have a world-class facility with two hotels, uh, two-and-a-half golf courses, uh, a casino, a uh, meeting space. And the great part about it is we went from those 216 employees, and now we employ over 1,400 people in the area. Uh, the, wow. the, the valley, uh, you know, there's 2,500 people that live in the valley. We call West Baden uh, French Lick, and we employ 1,400. And now you're seeing ancillary businesses come back, you know, uh, whether it's an auto repair store, a McDonald's, you know, they built four more hotels in the area. So it's really becoming a regional destination. Uh, and with, with our relationship in the golf business, you know, we opened the Peak mm-hmm. I course in 2009, uh, with the, with the whole you know muse of we're going to make this a championship facility, so my job is I work for Dave Harner, who's probably one of my best friends and great mentor. He said let's go out and get some golf tournaments. So we started off with the Club Pro Championship in 2010, which Mike Small won from the University of Illinois. We had the Men's and Women's Big Ten Championships for uh, for three years from 12 to 14. Uh, the Hickory Open, uh, the Ross Course was you know it's a total gut rehab for the Ross Course. So uh, we're just having fun bringing golf tournaments back. We started off our, our relationship with the Legends. And with that right. relationship with the Legends came our relationship with the philanthropy part of our business. And and now we donate a lot of money to Riley's Hospital for Children. And Cindy could, could attest to the kids. And that's what really drives us. Hey, it's great to have a cool facility. But when you can see a, you know, a light blow off in some kid's eye of like, wow, this is really cool, and tying in women in golf, and tying in this, this championship, you know, we have the Alice Die Invitational as well. Uh, you know, the Teaching and Club Professional Championship with the LPGA we hosted in 2011 as well. So we're, we're really grasping, you know, what it takes to grow the game of golf, not only through the Youth Foundation, but through women. And we don't treat the Peak Die course or the Donald Ross course. We'll give you a country club feel, but we're not going to give you the country club attitude. We're going to give you a big hug when you walk in the door. Absolutely. I like that. What a what a what a great thing. Um, Sydney, since uh, Brendan's already mentioned about the legend, I know you've talked about it before, but just maybe touch on um, your experience at French Lick as a Legends Tour player. Um, again, just touching on what Brendan just sort of finished with, you know, obviously I know you've mentioned it. it it's almost like a family experience going there. Everybody's very uh, welcoming and so forth. But talk a little bit about your experience uh, during the events there at French Lick. Well, it's, it- the first time you go there, you're like, where are we going? You know, and I, we drove. So it was a, a long ride from Buffalo, and you're in the middle of nowhere, which I live in the middle of nowhere. And when you well, pull up to this, yeah, yeah, and you pull up and you go, this is like a diamond in the middle of all the woods. And you walk into this hotel and you just look up because it's a huge, it's like a coliseum or what, what do you call it? Brandon. Well, the West, the West Baden Springs Hotel, uh, it's almost like the Roman Coliseum. It was the world's largest freestanding dome from 1901 to 1964 when they built the Astrodome in Houston. The, 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 the ceiling goes up about 275 feet, and it expands over a whole acre of, of land in, in this big circle. Um, you go back, and I'll jump on a little bit more of the history, being a Chicago Cubs fan than I am. 
back in back in the day, they they had spring training down there. The Cubs, the White Sox, or actually nine baseball teams that had their spring training, and they had it, you know, in the West Baden Springs Hotel, so you could play baseball within this dome. So what we did wow. last year at the Chicago Golf Show is we took some dirt, and we'll take full credit for the Cubs winning the World Series. By the way, we took dirt <laughs> and, we, we pre- and we presented our dirt. Andy Forker gave me the dirt. He's our head pro at the Pete Dye course. I presented it to Dave Kaplan from ESPN in Chicago, and he gave the dirt to the Chicago Cubs. So the actual dirt from the spring training facility of the 1907-1908-1945 Chicago Cubs, we presented to the Cubs. They spread it on the field, and look, the Cubs won the World Series. So all you Chicago fans out there, you are very welcome. Oh, wow. That is so cool. Well, to go what back to the story. hotel, you walk in and you go, "Are you, where are we? This place is so cool. It's like, you know, Alice in Wonderland. And then the people are so friendly. So you go up to your room. I mean, it's just amazing. It's breathtaking. You have to go just to go. And you, and you, there's these brick roads as you walk, as you drive in, and it's real bumpy. And, but it's like, okay, this is the real deal. And and then you go to the golf course, and everybody's so nice to you. It's not like, all right, there's your cart over there. It's like, oh, hi, Cindy, how are you? Welcome to French Lick. How are you doing? I mean, it's like, whoa, okay. It, it's like everybody's on the same medicine or the pill, and, and they've all been trained the right way. It's just absolutely a treat to be there and to go there. Everybody's awesome. And then the other hotel, the casino, um, it looks like it used to be a hospital. Was that the hospital? Well, back in the Civil War, it was a hospital. Then it burnt down in 1901, but it's always been a hotel. And it's, it's, <clears throat> if you look at the, at the big old grand dames of hotels like the Greenbrier and the Broadmoor, and, you know, French Lick was part of that. And, you know, mm. through the 50s and through the 60s and through the 70s, it's sort of, you know, when the railroad started to die, the town died with the railroads. And then, you know, now we have, you know, we have the opportunity to, to try to get this back on the map. So if you, if you look at, you know, you're a diamond in the rough in the middle of nowhere, you know, I always tell people within, within, within three hours we have four NFL teams, right? You have Indianapolis, Cincinnati, Nashville, Tennessee, and formerly St. Louis. So you have that high concentration. And what, what we do with our, with our regional meetings is, let's say if you're doing, you know, you know a business meeting in the Midwest, you don't have to fly anywhere. Your whole team could, could drive in. Uh, and it's great for family reunions as well. We do a lot of multi-generational travel uh, reunions with, you know, grandpa, the kids, you know, the grandkids and whatnot. And it's amazing how many people actually come back and say, hey, my parents were here. And when we're on the road, we do a lot of road shows, a lot of uh, trade shows and whatnot. It's like, oh, my God, my grandparents' honeymoon there. My, my parents used to go there back in the 50s and, and whatnot. It's, it's really it's, it's a throwback of, uh, of Americana. And, you know, we, we have a trolley, we have, you know, the, the banjo bands playing, and, and the staff is, is really what makes us, you know, shine during this whole thing. And it's a direct reflection of the top. It's, it's, you have a medical company trying to run a resort, which is funny in itself, but the, the corporate mm. culture of, of, of a corporation trying to run a, 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 a resort, it's pretty neat. And you have a lot of enthusiastic people that have the same common goal because they knew what it was like back in the day, and they saw the downturn, and now it's it's rising up. It's almost like a phoenix rising out of the ashes. 
Well, oh, I fantastic. think it's also appreciation. And, you know, again, if you when you meet Steve and Connie Ferguson, you just and he runs Cook now, right? I mean, yeah, Steve, Steve Ferguson is the chairman of the board of the Cook Group, and he works hand in hand with Mr. Cook on getting this thing off the ground. And Steve's down there three times a week. He lives up in Bloomington, and and to, to the guy who runs, you know, a seven billion dollar company to be down at the at the resort all the time. Uh, that that well, says it right there. I mean, with his dogs. I mean, they're just plain normal people who are very very successful. And Dave and Lisa Harner are awesome. And Joe, I can't pronounce his last name but (laughs) yeah i mean it's just everyone (laughs) is so warm it's midwest it's it's awesome you have to go there and then the golf course well oh my god you can have nightmares about that (laughs) and that's the other thing and and obviously you know uh you, you offer some great golf but also um you, you offer some great things for, for junior golf and also the uh, Evans Scholar Caddy Program. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, part of the deal was, you know, Dave Harner came up with the line. It's like, hey, we're, we're here trying to change people's lives. Uh, and part of the, you know, back in the day, back in the, gosh, in the 40s and 50s, we used to have the Midwestern Amateur at French Lick for the Western Golf Association. So uh, the Western Golf Association, based in Chicago, uh, they have this killer caddy program. It's called the Evans Scholar Program. Uh, my, I, I caddied at Medina growing up as a kid. My brother was a recipient of the Evans Scholar. He went to Marquette. Uh, and Dave said, hey, let's see if we can get this caddy program going. And we were all in. And uh, since then, uh, you know, these kids in the Valley, you know, and all around, uh, all around southern India, they drive in every day. The folks drop them off or whatnot, and they come up to the Pete Dye course, and, and they have an opportunity to, to go for caddy or carry some bags. And uh, right as of now, since 2009, when we started the, the, the Pete Dye golf course, we now have 11 kids enrolled in uh, either IU or, or uh, Purdue University uh, with a full-blown scholarship for college, housing, room and board, whole nine bananas and that is a life-changing event you cannot believe Absolutely. the impact that that has not only as a kid that that gets it but their family and the people that surround them knowing that the opportunity is there that the people the, the people of our community in french lick they see this as oh my god you guys are are walking you're walking the walk and talking the talk and to have you know our junior program uh, we have a 1907 Tom Bendelow golf course, which before we did the renovation was was our, our Valley Links course. It was 3,600 yards. Uh, Tom Bendelow, as you know, was sort of like Johnny Appleseed of golf. He worked for Wilson Sporting Goods. And he went around, he built golf courses so he could sell golf clubs. It was a great, great concept back in the day. So during the renovation back in 2005, uh, six, seven. Uh, when we were building the casino and building the, the, the learning center and whatnot, we knocked off the front nine of that, built a dual driving range, a chipping area, and still have uh, nine holes, which is a 3,600-yard nine-hole golf course, uh, that for any paying adult, any kid gets to play for free. We introduced foot golf a couple of years back. Uh, the, the junior program that we have uh, is, is is a direct result of all of our professionals, uh, assistant pros and whatnot. They're all from the area. They all coach at a local high school, and they all bring in golf. 
I, I would have to say that that our junior program, I'll put that against anything in the United States, and that's a direct reflection of Dave Harner and his team and, and their dedication of growing the game of golf the proper way. Wow. That's awesome. I, I've actually – yeah, I've actually had the honor of, of uh, interviewing some people from the, the Evans uh, uh, Scholar uh, Caddy program as well as the WGA. So I know it's a very, very solid, um, um, uh, you know, program in that area. And uh, I, w- I would love to see it even expand even further. I, that's one of the things I think would be great for this game is to really rejuvenate the caddy programs across the U.S. I mean, there's a lot of areas that don't offer that anymore. And I think it's a great opportunity to introduce uh, some of the youngsters to the game of golf uh, in, in an environment and give them an opportunity, as you pointed out, um, Brennan, to uh, even earn, um, you know, a scholarship to, um, you know, a university that, uh, you know, they're wanting to attend. And, and so there's, it's sort of a, um, a great opportunity all the way around. They can learn something about a great game and also uh, benefit their education at the same process. Um, well, well on, on, a side note, on a side note of that caddy program, I mean, not only you know the golden carrot at the end of the at the end of the rope is that Evan scholarship, but you have kids showing up and they're dealing with the heads of industry. They're walking with yep. them for five hours. They're walking. I mean, they're learning how to interact with professionals. And the only thing that that's going to do in their lifetime is take them to the next level of success. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. No, you're exactly right. And that's a great point. You know, there's so many, you know, life is a learning process for everybody. And I think when you can, when you can get kids in an environment um, at really at any age and expose them to something that is going to help them later on in life, that's a win-win situation. It's not only a win for the kid, but it's also a win for society because then we benefit and and those future generations benefit from the knowledge that they've gained. And, and it's our obligation as adults to pass those um you know that knowledge down through the generations and that sounds like something that they they uh, have access to through this program um let me let me ask you something uh just in lieu of the the resort itself now obviously uh in the warmer months you have some great golf in that what are some of the activities and things that you offer at french lick um what we would call the off season in the Northeast part of the United States, particularly uh, when climates get a little bit colder, what else goes on in the area that uh, keeps things going uh, through the winter months? Well, it, it, it's, it's great. I mean, we are huge into like, you know, kids, right? We have a kid's fest. Um, so if mom and dad want to come down, spend a little time, you know, alone, they can dump the kids off at a kid's fest and, and do what they need to do. Obviously we have a casino, which uh, there, there are only 13, sure. uh, Casinos in the, in, the United, in in the state of Indiana, um, but you know we really don't push the casino that much. Um, it's the French Lake Resort, and oh yeah, we have a casino with it. Uh, the uh, the other thing that that really really uh, pride ourselves on is is when we did the renovation, uh, we have it could be one of the oldest bowling alleys in the United States. We have a six hole bowling alley, or six lane bowling alley, um, that. That that is, it's fabulous, and and you know with the spas that we have, you have world class spas, uh, the Connie Nass uh, list of at the West Baden Springs Hotel. I think we're the fourth nicest in the United States of America. Uh, we have stables. We have um, uh, in the winter months. You know, eight miles away is, is uh, Paoli Peaks, which is a ski hill. 
It's probably only, sure. you know, I, I, met, I met some people from Huntsville, Alabama, and they said, hey, we go up to uh, Paoli to go skiing. I'm like, oh, my goodness. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's fun. It's a great place to relax. It's a great place to unwind. If you want to go there with a group of you know, girls or guys and, and just, you know, do a boondoggle weekend, you know, we have that. Or if you want to have a romantic getaway, we have that as well. So we have a little bit for everybody to do. And, you know, our job is to just talk about it a little bit. And uh, once you get your hands on it and, and get your uh, get your fanny in the seat and, and, and do a couple hours in a rocking chair in the front porch, it'll all come back to you. Well, fantastic. Um, Brendan, we know you can't share the news with us this particular time, unfortunately, um, and we know you're going to come back and do that uh, when it's appropriate. But um, you've touched a little bit about women's golf and things like that. Um, where do you see going forward? Um, what's next for French Lick? Where, where are you going to try to expand? Are there other areas in golf that you want to reach into that maybe you're currently not that you can share with well, us? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, you know, if we look at growing the game from the grassroots. So if you if you look at a younger generation, right? You know, we we hosted we, at our Bendelow course at the Valley course, we do a lot of high school golf tournaments, right? We we've done a lot of college golf tournaments, and then the next level, you know, let's say Web dot com or a, or a Symmetra Tour event, we could see some of those in the future. Uh, you know. The NCAA championships, uh, we, we're currently in negotiations with the NCAA. They put a bid out for the next five years. We submitted a bid. We should be hearing back with that. And that's a great, you know, from a marketing point of view, I'm a marketing guy, you know, that comes with two weeks of the golf channel, uh, men's and women's mm-hmm. golf. So you're looking at growing the game. I was actually I was actually at an event Saturday, uh, a driver versus driver event. Uh, Wilson Sporting Goods up there, and, and the, the, lady, the one of the one of the girls that's uh, running the PR department, she was, oh my God, I played at the Big Ten Championships there at the Donald Ross course. So uh, yeah, we're, we're looking at that way, and and um, you know, hopefully uh, we build uh, we built the die course for major championships, and hopefully we're going to get a major real soon here. So uh, I'll leave you on that happy note. <laughs> All right, that sounds good. <laughs> well, we we would love we would love that, and. And I, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna throw this out there uh, for the heck of it. Um, you know, I think Cindy and I would even love maybe an opportunity to come up and do a show maybe in 2017 uh, from French Lick. I think that'd be a lot of fun and and a great way to further promote it. So keep that in in your hat as well, Brennan. Um, we would certainly well, uh, maybe love to. Uh... Go ahead. I'll, uh, I'll I'll make that happen for you. Well, we would we would I'll love that. that. I think it'd be a lot of fun. I think that'd be a lot of fun. We're actually actually the most dog-friendly hotel in the United States of America. So you want to bring your dog with you, feel free. And we love Canadians. Bring all the Canucks down with you. Well, you're talking (laughs) to one right here. So (laughs) So so you got the best. You got the American in Cindy and you got the Canadian in me. So you're going to get the best of both worlds. Um, No, we'll we'll definitely. uh, We'll we'll put it on on the Helen Reddy for you, okay? (laughs) (laughs) i would love it maybe a little gordon lightfoot while you're at it hey um just lastly you mentioned the donald ross course now uh, next year um 2017 is the 100 year anniversary is that correct oh my god yeah i totally forgot about that um sorry boss the uh yeah we're celebrating our, our 100 year anniversary of the donald ross golf course and uh we're that's gonna be a fun year we, we, we hooked up with a uh 
with uh, Moon Pie. You guys remember the Moon Pie Company? Yeah. Uh-huh. It, it, it's a southern thing. It's like marshmallows and chocolate. It's, it's really good, but it's their 100-year anniversary as well. And I'm not sure if, oh, if wow. that thing's being up yet, but we're trying to do a promotion with them. So every time you play, you get a, you get a moon pie. And uh, I, I had the brilliant idea of saying, hey, for all these appearances that we do, I'll dress up in knickers. So now I'm stuck wearing knickers oh. all next year. So if you see me at the PGA show, just uh, just call me an idiot or something. I'm, I'm not sure how it's going to go, but we'll see what happens. Well, but, yeah, we have a great team at the Ross course. I tell you what, I, I've been around pretty much – the whole, all of North America playing in different golf courses. That could be my favorite golf course ever. That Donald Ross course is fabulous. Wow. Um, and you I have just never played it. You've never played it? Come to the LPGA National Championship. I had something else I had to do, so I've never played it. Well, you got to get your come a little early. And, yeah, <laughs> i got to get over there. Yeah, well, I'll you tell you what, what if, if, if you're still playing on it, the course is still open. Oh, wow. <laughs> Come on down. Wow. Okay. Well, if, if we're fortunate enough to uh, to come up and do a show sometime in the new year, um, Brennan, we'll, we'll have to make a point of playing uh, the Donald Ross course. So, Cindy, you'll get an, an opportunity hopefully then, if not sooner. Um, lastly, let me just say this. Um, we, we appreciate, uh, Brennan, all of the hard work that you're doing there. And, and uh, Cindy has, has talked up French Lick many, many times on the show uh, obviously because of uh, her involvement with the Legends Tour and that, but um, it just sounds like a great reserve. I have not had the honor and pleasure. That's why I'm throwing my invitation, uh, or I'm inviting myself, if you will, to, to come up there and, and we can do a show, as I said. Um, but it, it sounds like a great, great resort, and lots of hard work, lots of um, attention, and lots of love has gone into making it a, a phenomenal uh, world-class destination, and we'll be more than happy to continue to to promote it here on the show. But Brendan, thank you very much for joining us this morning. I I wish we had more time, but um, you are going to come back. Just let Cindy know when you're ready to to leak out the news, and we'll we'll fill you in here somehow, and uh, you can come on and share it in our show as well. All right. Well, you guys have a blessed uh, uh, holiday season, and uh, have a great Boxer Day up there. Okay. We'll do. Thanks, Brendan. Have a great day. See you soon. Hey, Cindy. Bye, honey. Hey, Cindy. Give that grandbaby a big old hug, all right? Don't worry. I'm going to. She's coming up in another week. I can't wait. All right. Take care. All right. Bye, honey. All right. Thanks, Brendan. All right. What a a great great way to... you know, just to sort of end the show on, on a note with um, with, with Brendan and, and uh, a great resort. It sounds like, as I said, a lot of hard work has gone into to make it the uh, the world-class destination. And I know that uh, whatever news he's got to share, I know it's going to be big and it's going to be exciting. And you can hear it right here on the Women of Golf Show. So make sure that you tune in. And just keep those... Uh, Keep those uh, comments and suggestions coming. We'd love to hear from you. Again, our emails are cindy at cindymillergolf.com, and mine, of course, is ted.golftalklive uh, at gmail.com. So make sure that you reach out to us and uh, let us know what you'd like to hear uh, on the show. Again, a very special thank you to our, uh, our guest this, um, this week, uh, Brennan Sweeney, the Director of Golf Media Relations and Player Development at the French Lick Resort in Indiana. Uh, make sure that you go to uh, frenchlickresort.com to check out more about that and plan your next vacation uh, up to French Lick Resort. Um, Cindy, we got a great show next week as well. Looking forward to that. 
But thank you for all the listeners out there for tuning in faithfully each and every week. We appreciate your support and uh, your continued uh, involvement. And uh, we look forward to talking with you next week on the Women of Golf Show. Thanks and God bless everybody. And thank you always, Cindy Miller, for all the great work that you do. Have a great week. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye.